Check it out. Welcome to Generation, the Generation X show you didn't know you wanted. Join us for our very first podcast as we discuss the things going on today from a Gen X point of view. Brought to you by Twisted Little Gnome Studios. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jeff, and I've got a couple of guys here with me today. I've got Snapper. Say hello. Hey, how are you doing? And we've got Russ. Russ, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing pretty good. This is our new podcast. We hope that you enjoy it. We're calling this podcast Generation because it's from the point of view of Generation X. I think that's uh, pretty underrepresented. Uh, if you're not a boomer or a millennial, that's uh, then you just don't, they don't even talk about it. And there are several others. There's Gen Y, there's Gen Z. And uh, quite frankly, I'm a little bit tired of hearing about the younger or the older generation. So right gonna, now, they're trying to kill the boomers, man, the millennials. They, they call the coronavirus the boomer remover. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have seen that tag trending. So we're safe. We're safe. Now, uh, let, me, let me interject. First of all, I didn't sign off on the name of this podcast, so you can, I cannot be blamed for it. Generation? <laughs> okay. It's good. All right. <laughs> but uh, uh, the, this is what pisses me off. I'm going to interject. So we get lumped in with the boomers, which irritates me to no end. Right. You know, because we're now in our 50s. We're, I, for some reason, we get lumped in with people who are in their 70s and 80s. Oh, yeah, I know. And, and it's frustrating. What's that about? Well, it's because we're older than the people that the, the, the millennials and the wise, uh, they're, they're still trying to find their way in the work world. And I think that they don't feel old enough to have any power. And it's easy to, to punch up. I mean, punching yeah. up is where you're supposed to punch. Um, and and I, I think that goes a long way with these younger folks. But I think Did we're we kind get power. That's what I'm saying is I think it feels like they kind of skipped over us. The, they did. The, they the, don't even mention us in, in uh, age demographics. Well, the boomers you haven't know, let you're go. You're right. They don't mention us. Yep. Uh, boomers They're haven't let boomers. go. And the younger people that are pretty savvy on social media have gotten a lot of the attention right now. Um, and I think we should take it back. That's the demographic we're trying to target here. And That's hope- a very boomer thing to say. <laughs> I'm also trying to make some of that fat coin that the boomers all have. Although, as uh, long as you throw in a reference to uh, Bloom County, um, Calvin and Hobbes, I think you'll be. I think you, you'll, you'll get the demographic. I think yeah. so. All right. Well, excellent. We all come from different backgrounds. Although uh, I'm, you know, Snapper and I are brothers. I went to high school with Russ, but we've all sort of grown up and done our own thing over the years, and come, kind of come back together. So we hope that you enjoy our point of view. We're going to do this uh, little bit here. We're going to talk about the news. We're going to talk about a rotating topic today. We're going to go over vinyl versus digital. That's a pretty boomer thing to talk about. Uh, Just, you know, there's even some folks that are pushing, trying to think of that guy. Was he part of the Eagles? He's got his own format with his own uh, digital player. We'll talk about that. And I haven't heard about this. I'm trying to, uh, I'll be bringing it up. Isn't it Neil Young? Neil Young, right. He has his own music format. He wasn't in the Eagles. Oh, what was that? Uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. So that's why I've got you guys. Buffalo Springfield. That's why I brought you guys here. Extra, <laughs> extra uh, information in the background. Then we're going to dive into a deep dish topic of coronavirus. Tasty, tasty. Looking forward to that. And then we're going to see what everybody's up to. So let's dive right in, gang. We're all alone in this world. 
we're all quarantined and we're dealing with it the best way we can. Well, you're quarantined, Me, aren't you? I'm dealing. I'm dealing with it. Yes, I'm self quarantined because I got exposed to someone that uh, you know just it was a young lady whose uh, teacher uh, in the school was infected. And so, you know, don't want to take any chances. So my ass has been at home for a week now, but that's okay because uh, I prepared uh, two weeks ago. You did. You uh, went all prepper on us. I did. All I did was buy a month worth of food, and that's it. I didn't. What about you know, toilet paper? You know what? Costco. You know, it was yeah. great. I went to Costco. It was a normal Saturday at Costco because everyone else was like, hoax. And uh, like, whatever, dude, I'm buying toilet paper. And those uh, are the same people that are complaining that, that Trump didn't do something earlier. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> well that's we I'm, got everything we need. Tons yeah. of ramen, but good ramen. I was going to say, have, ramen's not good for you. We have... We have you know fancy Asian uh, supermarkets, so we got like all of the crazy fancy spicy like ramen, so- soba noodles. Oh and stuff like yeah, that. I got soba noodles, udon, Japanese, uh, Korean yeah. stuff. We okay. got Vietnamese. It's just a flavor bouquet well, of, Ru- of of lots of stuff. Well, Russ, did you have you been to the grocery store in the last few days? What's it like up in North Carolina? Well, I. I had an inkling that we should probably hedge our bets and go ahead and start stocking up like three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I bought all my paper products off of Amazon. So <laughs> I at, and I I had a bunch already, but I was like, well, let's go ahead and get some extra. Well played. And I told my wife like the the week after that, I was like, look, why don't you go to Costco? stock up on some stuff, some canned goods and some dry stock and everything. And we have a bunch of stuff in the freezer already. And we just recently got a, like a small deep freeze. Oh yeah. The extra refrigerator we have in the garage. So you feel good. You feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's going to be fun, you know, quarantine yourself for about a month or so. Well, just uh, you got I have the, the advantage of living in a smaller town. So mm-hmm. we don't have just people going ape shit, buying like, all of the hand sanitizer. Although I did go today and, and they were out of hand sanitizer and most of the paper products. But as far as food, yeah, it was plentiful. There was, there was no like empty uh, store shelves or anything like that. Yeah. Well, we're going to dive a little bit more, a little bit deeper into the coronavirus. Uh, I same experience for me. Everybody's still polite in the grocery store, but shit's disappearing. So we'll we jump need back. to talk about vinyl versus digital. Yeah, well, well, hey, I can bring it back. I can bring it, I can bring it back to our uh, generational X, and that is uh, Hurricane Hurricane Hugo is as close as I remember to have all of us having to deal with a multi-week bullshit, uh, and and that was you know living in Charlotte when that's true. Oh yeah, that's we had, right. I was we, in like Durham at the time, so yeah. I didn't really have anything we uh, yeah, we, we ended were... up having to go back to college just to get um, electricity wow. that's right our mother was out of electricity for a couple of weeks um i remember they had to open up restaurants um because the food was going bad um they had to have people stationed like cops stationed at the entrance of like uh stores and just let people in a little bit of a time uh 
that's really the only other time I've had to deal with this kind of because um, you know we're Americans we don't deal with this. Oh shit. Well, no! In college, we dealt with that uh, blizzard that actually happened. What was oh, that? That was nineteen ninety two. Even North Carolina pretty much blizzard of ninety three crippled everything, and and we were they closed campus. We were stuck for two weeks, but uh, we were we were physically stuck in the apartment for a week. Yeah. I remember that, as in the snow had blocked everything. Good times, good times. Well, we want to hit the last of the couple topics in the news that's going on, uh, but pretty much all of it's corona-related. What's not corona-related that we could talk about? Oh, man. Um, I don't know if they've actually reported on anything. I other know. Than, uh, other than uh, all we the We can talk about the upcoming election. Well, we could do that. Uh, a lot of the primaries are being pushed off, so that's delaying, although from what I understand, the delegate oh, count is... Uh, Georgia pushed theirs off until May. Louisiana did as well. Um, but it's almost a foregone conclusion as far as the Democratic um, nominee at this time. I don't see Well, the DNC it. has their guy, and that's who they're going to push. So, Yeah. And, you know, I was like that. Actually, I was like that for um, during the last election, that a, a party has every right to choose who they want to be on the ticket. Now, whether or not the people who belong to that party <laughs> approve, that's uh, you know that's something else. But I think uh, uh, Joe is Joe is the man that uh, freaked out Democrats want to have. If we had our druthers, we would rather have someone else in a perfect world. Yeah, but you know, it's like uh, personally, I was a Warren uh, person. And uh, I wasn't team Warren, but uh, that's because uh, I'm a bit of an egghead and I loved her policies. Yeah. Stuff like that. I went from Joe, I I, I think Joe will probably challenge him to a fist fight (laughs) during a debate. I, I, I absolutely 100% agree with you. I would love to see that. I've seen him do it with him. I've noticed that, yeah. I've noticed that. So let's maybe, take it outside. Let's, take it outside. let's <laughs> do it the old shit. I'm gonna take off this jacket here and leave my suspenders on. Yeah, I mean you're full of shit. Yeah, I want to see that. Ten paces of hysterics. Well, um, again, I've jumped around from different candidates throughout the time. We actually had several that had good ideas. Um, I, I there was not a lot of daylight between a lot of them fundamentally, uh, and then. Uh, several of them picking a hill to die on, knowing full well they would never have to actually live up to the campaign promises of Medicare for all, because there's there's just not the willpower in either House of Congress to even do that. So it's easy to be pie in the sky. But uh, my son was a Bernie supporter, still is, but he understands that Bernie's not going to win. He had his reasons for supporting mm-hmm. Bernie. But uh, I said, well, you know. And he doesn't even have any student loans, though, right? Exactly. Uh, it, it, for him, it That's was actually that he's going to legalize weed. <laughs> I said. Yeah, well, he wasn't the only one that had that stand. Uh, I know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know, son, everybody's got to have their their issue as long as you vote. I don't care who you yeah. vote for, but you are going with us that day to vote. <sighs> well, I. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, I've, uh, I've been on Team Tulsi since pretty much day one. You are a Tulsi I, Gabbard I, fan. She's a Russian oh, yeah. asset. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> that's that's what Hillary says, so I guess that must be true. But, of course, of course, here's the thing. It was, first it was just Trump that was a Russian asset. Then it was Tulsi was a Russian asset. Now it's Bernie is a Russian asset. It's like, all right. 
Well, uh, if you're going to go by... One of those can't be true. <laughs> well, they could all... Be, well, asset as in they might they are using him to their for their own purposes. Not right. necessarily a willing asset because that's the problem is I believe Twitter and the internet in general amplifies certain voices. And right. you can get in those bubbles and you can hear the yelling and it wouldn't take much. I mean, that would be a perfect Russian operation is to just I, agitate us. I don't believe that she's a Russian asset one iota. Oh, I don't mean I as like, in like her an because active one. She's a she's a very strong anti-war, anti-regime change war. Uh, um, Did you candidate. feel she was too close to? Uh, they, they had some concerns about her being too close to some. Uh, what was it? The Assad. Uh, she I she spoke to Assad to try and come to some sort of agreement. I don't remember what all that was, but they wanted to use that, that we shouldn't talk to Assad at all. Okay, we should just bomb them, right? Instead mm -hmm. of like sitting down and talking with them. Yeah, no, um, I, I, I have no problem with Tulsi. Even politically, I don't. Um, she satisfied me in the fact that she went across her, because she used to, you know, she used to have um, positions on things that were uh, really abhor abhorrent uh, on things on uh, gay conversion therapy and guns right. and stuff like that. But that was, that yeah, was I think a long that was mostly ago. her dad and she was younger and she's changed exactly. tune on that. I remember exactly. Obama was not pro uh, gay marriage, uh, gay marriage when, right. he, when he exactly. Yeah, you had to I'm perfectly okay when, with them evolving. Right, right. Yeah. And so I felt that she had the best message that appealed to moderates and even uh, uh, people on the right that maybe didn't like Trump and, you know, wanted to find a more even-handed message, right? And But she didn't play I, – I like the fact that she didn't play identity politics, which personally I find abhorrent, and I, I think it's all it is is divisive. They took some good ideas and, like – totally used it to uh, drive wedges between people based on their mutable characteristics. So she didn't play that game. I liked her for that. I liked her message. And honestly, uh, I, I think know. that she was really the only candidate and she's still running <laughs> uh, by the way. So when they say, Oh, people didn't vote for uh, a woman cause they're misogynistic. I was like, well, she's still running. She hasn't <laughs> dropped out and don't pretend like she, she doesn't exist anymore. But, uh, I think that she probably had the best, uh, and she's very well-spoken, and she's aggressive, and I think she probably, out of all other people, had the best chance to actually beat Donald Trump in the general. You didn't think of, but well... they threw it away. <laughs> now, um, Klobuchar, let's talk about Klobuchar. Let's just go ahead and hit the ones that got really close. What did you think about Klobuchar? Uh, let me speak on that. Klobuchar, okay. I think she was incredibly uh, talented, I think, as far as... Her uh, ability to lead, her ability to be a good president, a smart president, all of that. In fact, I think every one of them, with the exception of Marianne Williamson, were qualified. But unfortunately, my dog is qualified to run when you compare to Trump. But Klobuchar, I mean, we, we were blessed with having awesome candidates and uh, Klobuchar came out, and I'm like, hey, she's someone I could vote for. She'd make a great president. But I heard all the stories, and she does sound like an office place bully. And that's a personal thing for me. I don't like bullies, 
I, I don't, I don't truck with no bullies. And, uh, I kind of have a record, uh, a reputation, unfortunately at work for pushing back really hard against bullies. And, uh, and so that sort of struck me. So I was like, eh, uh, uh. I would vote for her in a heartbeat if she was the nominee, but I wasn't going to vote for her over the other people. But I think other than that, I think she's great, great choice for president. She didn't have charisma. Uh, uh, There was a serious lack of charisma on on a lot of the candidates. People do have to like you. (laughs) Yeah. You have to seem like, you know, presidential material. Yes, uh, quite a lot of uh, broadcasting how she felt about Pete Buttigieg. Every political pundit that I listened to said, and boy, does she hate Pete. Uh, I mean, it just (laughs) dripped off of her voice. Now, tough (laughs) as nails, absolutely. I I believe she could have gone toe-to-toe with Trump and socked it out. But as we, you know, sometimes I do think that, uh, although I think we probably would have appreciated a fight from her more than we would have, say, a fight from Warren. I think Warren... You wouldn't get the sense of fisticuffs, uh, no. but, but you know you'd get a really good lecture, and she'd talk she it out. She gets flustered when she gets called on the carpet for things, and she would just uh, – it would be kind of sad to watch her. I, mean, I don't know which would be more entertaining um, or or pathetic is, is Joe Biden in a, in a uh, debate with Donald Trump or, or Elizabeth Warren. They'd both be kind of sad. Because I don't think that they can, they they're not ready for prime time when it comes to like tussling with the likes of of him. I don't know when I if you can go back to um, the Biden debate with uh, what's his name. Um, well, it must be the, the first election. Well, the first election was um, was that with Sarah oh. Palin and John McCain? Is that the- yeah. It would be the second one. It, it, it oh, no, be, it was um, Tim Ryan and somebody else, wasn't it? Romney Ryan. Yeah, Rom- Paul Ryan. Okay. He When he went head-to-head against Paul Ryan, he destroyed him. And I remember that because Saturday Night Live that weekend did a skit on just how brutal Biden was against Paul Ryan. Now, that could have been because Paul Ryan's just a terrible debater, uh, that kind of thing. But I remember Biden enjoying himself so much that he was laughing the entire time. And uh, it was like when it was over, people were like, oh, my God, he just destroyed Paul Ryan. That's who I want to see. Unfortunately, Trump is such a just such an evil POS that I really kind of do want to see the fighting Joe. I honestly wouldn't it's not mind. The same Joe, though, you know that. I, well, it's not. It's um. Well, they're both. Daughters. There's enough of them still there. There's enough of him still there. I personally don't believe the dementia charges because I've been around that with with my dad. I know what to look for. I do see a man that is older and is not as sharp. As well, I don't think Trump will debate him. I don't think Trump will will bother setting up a debate and showing up on on TV. Sure. I disagree. Sure. I, I, I think, think Trump will? will want to, and I think Biden and his handlers are going to event, uh, avoid it. They're going to they're going to say we're we're not going to have a debate. Um, in fact, you know that the the next de- debate I'm using f- finger quotes here. Oh yeah, between him and, uh, and um, Sanders. B- yeah, Bernie. 
it's not going to be a debate. They're going to be sitting down and they're going to be given questions without any sort of audience. Right. It won't yeah. even really be a debate. And this is because this is what the DNC and uh, Joe Biden's handlers are requesting. I thought it had to do with uh, exposure and, quite frankly, coronavirus. Uh, and no, I, they had already decided on that before the coronavirus. Well, it could be personally, and this is not to defend Biden, I hate the debates. I've always hated the debate format. I think the debate format is created by the major networks uh, producers, which mm-hmm. is uh, basically productizing anger and productizing yeah. and, and creating uh, strife and conflict, you know, kind of like how uh, a reality show goes, uh, uh, I heard Alice was talking shit about you. What do you, what do you say about that? Well, that hoe, you know, yeah. so. Everything's uh, intended I, to get a reaction out of the audience. It, so. It's a dated yeah. format. I, I think that everyone should be required to go on the Joe Rogan podcast and do a three-hour interview with him. I think that's just fine. And I like I like sitting down. I actually like town halls if you have a town hall moderator that's going to challenge them back and forth. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, just have you just say, you know what, just record your your talking points and we'll play them at the, right. at the town hall. No, it has to be with a qualified person right. going well, that sounds like bullshit because you used to say this. Did you have you did you watch any of the candidates that were on Joe Rogan's podcast? No, no. I typically only tune in to his podcast uh, every other month, kind of thing. Oh, okay, they yeah. were pretty good. I mean, and if you want to learn something about them, it's that sort of format and just kind of stream of consciousness uh, conversation. Mark um, Marin is kind of like that too. Uh, his podcast is very much yeah, but his are limited. Yeah, it is. They're they're very much limited um, to a, like what an hour or or less. Um, Rogan will pass you like three hours for sure. I mean, yeah. Joe Rogan will light up and pass you a blunt. Did you see Elon <laughs> Musk do that? That was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. No, I love Elon. <laughs> All right. Well, um, that's pretty much the only news going on right now is the uh, politics and the coronavirus. We're going to dive into coronavirus in a minute, but let's lighten up the topics just a bit. Let's talk about our rotating topic tonight. It's in the music category. Um, We're going to talk about vinyl. There's nothing more Gen X than vinyl. And in fact, I'm going to kick it off with the very first vinyl I ever bought was actually you're the one that I want it from the soundtrack oh. of Greece. I bought the 45 for that, and I also bought hopelessly devoted to you. So uh, I, that's about as far back as I go. We're purchasing. I of course remember albums my parents had. Russ, what was uh, the first album you ever bought? Um, I believe the first album I bought was well, there was like a. Like a Spider-Man spoken word album, but I I don't own that anymore. I don't really count that, so we'll count just music. Uh, I believe it was Boston's second album, Don't Look Back. Oh, yeah. That's a great album. album. Yeah. All right, Snapper, what was your first album? I seem to remember buying a a Meatloaf album, but one of his shitty ones. Hmm. So not not, not Bad Out of Hell. No, no, it was, you know, because he did Bad Out of Hell, and then 
he had that psychological condition where he just couldn't sing anymore and he crashed and he slowly built himself back up and he released a couple albums with Jim Steinman mm-hmm. and uh, they just kind of sucked. So, well, Bad um, Out of Hell 2, I did enjoy. It does have a few good songs, but yes. But we were in college for that. Yes. And uh, he actually had one. I remember I bought an album in um, 85, I believe, of his, because I just discovered Meatloaf. And then I was like, wow, Bad Out of Hell. And, uh, and then uh, I went and I, I bought, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> yes, you were big into Weird Al Yankovic. It was, uh, uh, it, what was it? Weird Al in 3D was the album. I'm going to have to go by whatever you say. Yep. And uh, it had uh, I Lost on Jeopardy. Mm. And um, I think it had uh, Eat It. Probably. And yeah, and uh, they used to, you know, they used to do this on some print runs. So they had actually etched into the blank area of vinyl right around the uh, center. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone wrote, how much would you pay? Which is a Ron Popeil phrase. Oh, right. Yeah. One how of much the songs would you pay on the album, one of the One of the songs on the album, I believe, was a, a Ron Popeil song because he, he was like friends with Ron Popeil and he did a song. About him, the pocket fisherman, and he stuff was in like the news that. recently. They asked him to write a a song about coronavirus, and he declined. He hey, man, who would ask him to do that? <laughs> Some millennial. I love him. I love Weary Al because he has been there for every step of my life, and he's still Jesus. rocking the long permed hair. I love it. Yeah, you know. Hey, he finally he finally made a Billboard number one. Well, did he release it on vinyl, though? Because supposedly vinyl's on its way back. Yes. Is it really, though? That's all. Uh, I know, but the thing, the thing that gets me now is you, know, you could buy a record player for $25 at its heyday, and now buying a record player is actually something that's expensive and costs like getting a computer. And... Uh, yeah, there was expensive ones back then. Oh and no, the ones don't get that me wrong. I know. Twenty-five back then weren't all that great. No, I agree. <laughs> um, we grew up with one of those uh, cabinet size where the you know the whole thing is a piece of furniture, and then you put stuff right. on it. But then the top opens up, and and uh, it had like that huge adapter in the center, so you could stack up forty-fives and. Um, you know, vinyl never went away though, because uh, vinyl's always still been big for dance clubs. Uh, also, you know, whether it be uh, hip hop, uh, live uh, DJ kind of rap, uh, not rap, uh, just uh, house music. Uh, so they always, they being the music companies, would always put out certain artists on vinyl. Just now, of course, it's got come back because we're bored with digital. We want, we want what's old is new. I'm one of those rare people that never got rid of their records, and I used to collect records. Oh. And then I started buying CDs, but I didn't get rid of my records. Really? And uh, so, how do they sound? Um, well, they sound the same. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we get a little bit more pops and scratches, and I got a decent record player. But um, I think about 
like three years ago, I started getting back into records, mm-hmm. and they were, they were becoming more and more popular. I think it was last year was the first time in since the nineties that um, vinyl like vinyl sales out outran digital sales or no it wasn't digital. probably Maybe CDs, it was cd or something which like i can that. see yeah. that because people gave up cds super yeah. fast they for had, for streaming yeah i mean yeah. they jumped straight to that because nobody wants to carry around a cd player right. sure and i haven't launched itunes in forever I, I certainly don't need to use itunes for uh ripping a cd so that russ that's our problem we do our radio show on friday nights and we're limited uh-huh. by law to the ones that i actually own which are all ripped from my cds and i realize i haven't owned a cd in the almost a decade because i don't really? have any of those songs i've been streaming them from all these other services probably less than a decade probably so if you five. own the cd you can use music but if you buy yeah, it digitally you, you, you can still buy it. You have to own the copy of the music that you're broadcasting. So that what you, if you buy if you buy it digitally? Yes, you can still use it because okay. you, you own okay. that that particular right, song. Right, right. And basically, so he's saying he just doesn't have that many MP3s because we've switched over to the streaming right. world. Yeah, and, and so that's I keep thinking I can play a song, and then no, you're not legally allowed to do that. And oh, I'm you know, look, I I'm look, I, I remember. The wonder and magic of buying a, a double album like Grease. Now we'll go ahead and bring that up. You you talked about Grease. Grease had an amazing double album set when you're a mm. child, and it had the lyrics. It had uh, it. It looked like a, a school yearbook, and yeah. uh, it, it was fun. And there were so many albums from your favorite artist where the album included the artwork and included the inserts. It was a package deal. It wasn't just the music itself. And it was good for cleaning your weed. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's right. And then when you were done, you could uh, just sort of fold it up a little bit and and, scrape it into your roller. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) all the good old days. Yes, I I adore, but I do love having all music available streaming. I I, I had a boss that swore swore up and down he didn't like digital music because he could hear the difference in the bit rate. He said, I've got really good hearing. I can hear that it's missing the highs and the lows. You can with a lower bit rate, but, you know, and and that's probably true with some. If you do a side-by-side comparison and you're an extreme audiophile, but most of the time, if you're listening to your car, you're not hearing that shit. You have to be on really good headphones or really high-end speakers to hear that sort of stuff. But, I, I mean, you can. You can hear the difference on some songs. I don't think every song. Yeah, he was definitely an audiophile. Uh, he he built his own speakers. He had um, patents for different types of speakers he had built. Was he married? Yes, he was. <laughs> um, yes, he met a British girl who, long story short, you actually know them, Snapper, as well, uh, Evil Jim and his wife. Uh, he ended oh. up, uh, when he left AT&T, he became a man of leisure. Uh, he inherited some money, and she's pretty good in, in things. So he he's one of those... Um, modern day man of letters sort of thing. Like he can fix an amplifier. He can fix a guitar. He can also uh, build a car from scratch. He loves doing all handy things like that, but not. He mines the ore. 
<laughs> he, would, he would actually mine the ore only up until he, okay, I've done that. And then he would move on from it. So he's one right, of those types right. of people. But uh, yeah, he would put on, I mean, he worshipped all of his albums. He would put those on. He had a special room yeah. built for it. I don't I don't know that I would go quite that far. Do you all have any albums? I do not have any more vinyl. I got rid of all uh, my vinyl. And yeah, I've only got a few. Um, okay. uh, my mother sold all my vinyl after I went to college. When she sold that white album, I lost my shit. She, yeah. <laughs> we're talking, and she goes, "I bought a whole bunch of albums from somebody at a at a estate sale, and and one of them had a Beatles album. Goodness, somebody paid me like two hundred dollars for that." And I went, "Which one?" She goes, "I don't know. the The album cover was white." And I went, uh-huh. why did you sell that album? Why didn't you ask? Well, I f- you told me you weren't interested in any vinyl, so I just went ahead and sold it. I was, you sold an original white album. I can't believe you did that. So well, I have uh, an original white album with the with the stamp on it and oh, everything. Geez. Is it worth a lot now? Uh, probably, because um, uh, they reissued yeah. it later, uh, years later. Right, so it depends right. on which one you enough got. to get you a really awesome toy. <laughs> well, I probably have about. Thousand albums or something. Uh huh. I bet yeah. you got enough in there to buy yourself like a really cool RV. <laughs> oh yeah, Mr. Think RV about that, shit. bro. Think no, about. I don't that. want a bigger RV. My parents. Oh god, they got a. They got one of those land yachts, like a forty foot like tour bus. Didn't we see that, Jeff? When yes, we drove we past. Yeah, we, yeah, uh, yeah. We turned around and and uh, oh, the cul-de-sac you? by you, so I could show them the house. To and that's when I that's when I messaged you and asked about yeah. whether they owned that. Oh, the good old days. I remember uh, hanging out in your basement listening to Duran Duran. I remember oh, you were off in college, and I was staying one more summer to do theater after my marriage broke up. And all of the kids, your brother put on Def Leppard, put on Pour Some Sugar on me, and everybody in your what was your old bedroom was jumping around on the bed singing this song. And I had not heard it because, well, I had graduated. I wasn't hanging out. Right. Uh, yes, your house was still the place to be. You know, they played Pour Some Sugar. I went to a, a wedding uh, about six, eight months ago, and there was a heavy, heavy generational X vibe going. And they, they threw on some Def Leppard. And it was amazing that I hadn't sung, I had not sung that song fully, probably in a good 20 years. Oh, I don't have the range for it anymore. But it is amazing how how your brain retains that stuff and just immediately erupts out like you're some kind of sleeper cell well, they're on that's tour been right activated. Now. They're touring oh. with who are they touring with? Uh, uh, Wait, uh, Motley Crue, uh, one of those, and they were sp- they're playing here this summer if that concert actually goes through. So, but the tickets are expensive. It was a Def Leppard, Motley Crue, and Pat Benatar concert. Oh yeah, well that's the one you saw. Wow. Like, all right. Well, the awesome. I think vinyl vinyl's got its place. Uh, I, I think you know we. Well, Gen Xers have I, to... let me. Can I po- just chime it, in me. a little bit on that? So yeah, I have a bunch of albums. I still buy vinyl. Not. I mean, I went through a period where I was buying several a week, and now I'm buying like maybe once a. Month, oh, that's right. I went to the record store with you when I was visiting you. Yeah. Did we? Yeah, you took me uh, downtown and into one of those. Oh, places. here in Mebane. Yeah. And we oh would... yeah, okay. That that is actually not here anymore. He moved down to Florida, but I'm still oh, friends with him. But uh, now it's a uh, it's a cocktail bar, so I, <laughs> I still frequent the same location. Um, 
but uh, I actually I do buy stuff on iTunes and um, from time to time. Usually, if something's on sale and there's an album that I like that I don't have, or if I have even if I have it on vinyl, it's like oh now I can have it in my car, so I can play it through my phone. And but I also have Apple TV, so we can play it through there. Yep. Um, uh, so I do a mix of both. You know. Yeah. But if I, had I do them. like I do like the vinyl. I would I definitely rip I the like vinyl. Tactfulness of it. You should you should rip them to MP3 so you still get that pop and the crackle, but then you true, true. I, um, I could do that, but that would be uh, a lot of work, and I'm <laughs> too lazy to do it. But the good thing is, with you know buying it on iTunes, I, I, can, I can stream it from multiple devices, and uh, yeah. And so I do love the future. Alrighty, well, I just I just verified that it is Motley Crue, Def Leppard, and. Um, Joan Jett, uh, Joan, Jett. Joan Jett, that's right. Wow. She's touring. Yes, on. and they will be here in Atlanta August 9th, mm-hmm. and uh, up in your way, they'll be July 11th in Charlotte. Oh, wow. It's uh, the Bank of America. I've, actually, I've got tickets to see two concerts already this summer, and possibly a third. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see um, King Crimson. Okay, cool. With the with the Zappa band, oh. <laughs> I'm taking my son to go see that, and then I'm also going to see Primus with Wolf Mother, <laughs> and Primus is doing Rush's album "A Farewell to Kings" in its entirety. Oh, yikes! So it should be fun. And then the third one I might go see. I hadn't gotten tickets for. Kraftwerk is going to be playing, and the closest they're going to be is DC. So I might be going up to see that. I'm not familiar with that. Kraftwerk, yeah. Uh, they're German, I guess it's called Krautrock. Um, they, they've been out since the seventies. seventies. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like electronic experimental. Um, you've probably heard some songs. You'd be like, Oh, I didn't know who that was. Well, we'll, we'll send me a link on them. And what we'll do is we'll, okay. we'll put them on our website. Uh, anything cool like that, that we'll mention along with, uh, notes about this show with a link to the podcast. And uh, we'll link to some of their music. Deep topics, man. All right, welcome back, everybody. We're going to go to our heavy meat topic here for the evening, the one that's on everybody's mind. We talked a little bit about it as we did our introductions. Coronavirus, and it's not the new drink at your specialty bar. It is COVID-19 by any other name. What do you know about it, Snapper? It's bad. It's bad. It is very, very virulent. It's kind of weird. It's sort of like the opposite of other flus and epidemics, whereas it's uh, not as deadly, but it's highly virulent and transmittable. So it's still just as bad because now, you know, 2% die. Well, that's 2% of everyone who gets it. And since a shit ton of people are going to get it, a lot of people will die. Even though only 2% of them will die, the majority of us will get really sick or just kind of sick. But still, that's a lot of people. Unfortunately, I'm in that group that if I get it, um, I'm at risk of uh, having complications and or death. Haven't we replaced that heart of yours yet? Oh, no, 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 uh, no, ma- no metal heart or anything like that. Well, you're Just, no, uh, you're no Picard. No, no Picard. Well, well, Russ, what, what's it like up in your way in North Carolina? 
Um, well, let's see. The governor announced today that they were closing schools for at least two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, my wife, she works at the Museum of Art as a contract employee. They've told her that she can work from home for the foreseeable future. Um, they haven't made the announcement of my work yet, but probably this week they will tell us we're going to be working from home from, from until they tell us to come back. Um, there's only a few cases. I think there's a total of like 15 cases and all of them are in Wake County, except for one, I think was in Pittsburgh, which is like Chatham County. Um, so no one in my area has it. Everyone's a little worried, but I've not seen anyone freaking out. There's no fights over toilet paper, as far as I can tell. And, and the, like you I know, said, the, the, the stores are open and stocked with food, and people seem to be going out. Of course, people are being a little more careful, washing their hands more and more. Um, personally, I'm not too worried. I was mainly concerned about the health of my kids. Right. But because they are, like, the least affected of, of anyone, I think – Anyone under 18 years old, I think only a handful of people worldwide were children, as right. far as I know. And they'd have to be compromised uh, to begin with, yeah. Right, right. And, uh, I mean, geez, the Italy, the, uh, the average age of, of people that have died is 81. Mm. So I'm concerned about my parents, concerned about my wife's parents. They both have decided they're, they're you know... They're staying home <laughs> for the yep. foreseeable future, so they're stocked up. And and uh, but uh, our mother's doing the same thing. She's recovering yeah. from breast cancer, a second bout of breast cancer. So she's on um, chemo drugs for that. But mm-hmm. uh, so she's and she's in a fifty-five or older community apartment building, and so they're all hunkered down. I've, I've been because you're, you're right. Uh, food is still flowing. Uh, packages are still being delivered. So it's not one of those things where it's incapacitating our basic infrastructure. So if you right. have to go out, you can still get the stuff you need. It, it's yeah. just. The people having to stay home, I think it freaks them out because the last thing we all want to do is spend time with each other, for goodness sake. Well, I'm going to be a little bit generational X, and I'm going to talk to the young people, the millennials. And what's the new generation called? Gen Z. Gen Z. You guys need to stay the fuck home. I saw uh, a lot of things about the the parties going on with uh, St. Patty's Day. And I saw a lot of young people doing their YOLO thing and going out and saying, it's good, it's America. And then we had the patriot porn uh, people that are just like, I'm America and I love freedom. Screw you. And I'm like, you know, Dar- Darwin's going to kick in for you guys. You're going to eliminate an entire sector of people. Probably for the best. <laughs> and that, and that's cool. Or Unfortunately, worse. there's the whole transmission problem. Right. And, well, uh, or worse, it'll be, it'll be mild, and that will make that will embolden them to be this way the next time when it actually is harder. You know, the big one yeah. of the big issues with the coronavirus is is that we are beyond containment. We can't contain it because we've done such a piss poor job of um, of responding to it. And we know exactly how these things work. We have very smart people that understand, and they say the same thing. The only thing we can do now is flatten the curve, which is why you're seeing an avalanche of of uh, press releases, mm-hmm. which is we're shutting down schools, 
We're shutting down restaurants. We're shutting this down. Everything's shutting down because, and we're all being told social distance. If you don't social distance, then you're being shamed because you're being selfish, stupid, and you're going to kill someone. And I'm, I'm watching this on all the social medias and everything that uh, even <clears throat> even uh, partisan dip, um, even partisan congressmen and senators that normally are just just outrageous douche canoes are now being statesmanlike and saying. Oh, you're talking about Ted Cruz and all of them are being as you know they're being human. Yeah, they dropped the facade everyone, of fighting. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, yeah, okay, shit's real, guys. So we're going to drop the professional wrestling personas that we take on. And uh, so we're not going to do WWE Raw for the next month. We're going to tell you the truth, which is, you know, stay stay home. Wash your hands. Let's, uh, let's not destroy America to own the libs, you know. So, and I'm happy for that. And I think that's great. I do. It, and it is fascinating that we're all going to have to just break the cycle by staying at home for a month. Yeah, that's going to be tough because uh, I know some people um, with whom I am related through marriage, and um, they texted me and said, "We're ta- we're thinking about an extended uh, spring break," and I just wanted to reply, "What are you talking about? You you don't." go somewhere to stay for a couple of weeks, you stay home. That's why That's why you've got a bigger spring break now is because they want you to stay home. You don't travel. Wait, they're wanting to go travel yeah, when they, we're right now? Yeah, they were talking about where they could go. And what it really is is that's one half of them uh, kind of talking and talking through it. And then the other half who works for the school system is probably looking at them going – um, I need you to think about that a little bit more because you're going to you're going to realize that's why I'm here because two kids in my school have it. Yeah. So we might actually all be infected. So uh but Yeah, make sure they don't show up at your house one day. Oh, they, yeah, no they're <laughs> yeah. not going to. Now, it is okay to uh, is it okay to go? Well, let, let's talk about this. Is it okay to go out as long as you don't socialize with people? Like can you take walks in your neighborhood? Yes. Oh yeah, it's not blowing in the air, at least not around here. Right. There so, is a good there's a good six feet, I think, that that the particulates from your, you know, snot and sneeze or anything that it can reach. So it's not you know, it's not like a the walking dead plague, you know. It's 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 the flu. It's a kick ass flu. Okay, so you can, uh, so, so you can, you can still walk, do the things. Yeah, that you, you can totally walk around the neighborhood. You can drive. Uh, I mean, I did go to the I did go to the store today, right? Because I needed to pick up some stuff, but I, you know, used hand, you know, the sanitize sanitizer wipes and stuff before going in. Well, didn't well, get too close to anyone. So, have you watched any uh, any uh, movies about uh, contagions like this? Now, I know I had yeah, I seen, watched Contagion recently. I saw <laughs> Contagion in the theater. That that one's <sighs> that one's pretty heavy duty. Uh, that one's probably. Have you seen it recently? No, I haven't no, seen it recently. Not it since well? the theater. I saw it recently for the first time, and mm-hmm. I'm like, this is shockingly f- similar. Yeah. Yeah. And Well, that's a Soderbergh film. He does right, that cinema right. verite kind of thing. <laughs> and the fact that now it's it's looking more and more like, and there was a really good ep- epidemiologist that was, I can't remember his name, who was recently on Joe Rogan. And the way he described it, 
was very similar to how it went down in that movie that they believe it wasn't, you know, from a, a, a biological research facility in Wuhan, like some people were, um, right. uh, positive, politicians. but it, it was actually, <laughs> it was coming from the wet mark, the wet markets where they have all these different, like wild, uh, disparate animals from all over the world alive in, in close quarters. And they're, you know, and, and they're, they're slaughtering these animals for food and medicine and in Chinese culture. It's like, that shit's got to stop. I've been saying it for a long time. I'm not a big fan of that because they're eating uh, and, and, and using for, for medicine, uh, endangered species like the pangolin and, yeah. and other animals. Yeah, sure. Pangol- pangolin and bats are known coronavirus carriers. I was going to say, yeah, get, that's what I read. Yeah. Right. And you get those animals and then they combine with other animals. Uh, all sorts of shit can happen. Yeah. So I'm hoping that the Chinese government, I, I, not that I trust them at all, can <laughs> can crack down on that sort of stuff. Um, but, the, and I was going to say this earlier, hopefully what will come out of this is that we're going to rethink how we do manufacturing of medicines and, and uh, medical devices in this country because we've basically offloaded it all to China, almost entirely. And uh, and now we're in a situation where they really kind of have us over a barrel because we can't get medicine uh, because it's all being manufactured there. Well, and, and they've insinuated they may not send us anymore. <laughs> and by extension, we have offloaded so much of our manufacturing over to China as well that when things well, like yeah, this crop up, that in general. But this is this is a this is a critical. Uh, sector that we can't leave it in the hands of an adversary like China. Oh, and, I agree. They are an adversary. They're an economic adversary, and they're a potential military advers- uh, adversary that I, I don't want to go to war with. But um, we have to start taking measures, and hopefully, this is a wake up call. Yeah, we hopefully, can, we'll, we can we'll bring that back. Bring that back. Bring a lot of it back. Um, iPhones are going to cost more because of it, but uh, that's the only way. I don't way. give a shit. I'll so. buy used ones. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I buy Android, so honestly. <laughs> All right. Well, so the thing to remember is uh, stay safe, wash your hands, and don't touch your face. Right. Stay away from people. All right. For and just, I, a, I, just a month. That's all you got to do is just, just everyone, just treat everyone. As, it's like holding a gun. Yeah. Always assume that the gun is loaded. Nice. Yeah. I also <laughs> stocked up on shotgun shells, too. And yeah. that's fine. You know, they make a good souffle. So, yeah. <laughs> Can I just say this? How many damn people are they going to on microphone every time this jackass does a press conference for coronavirus? Uh, you you actually cut out for a half second. Can you say? That? Oh, I'm sorry. The Did it? just just there's another there's another press conference going on uh, or was and. It seems to me that Trump wants to fit more and more people that are working on this thing behind the microphone. So it's like a, you know, there's like 10 people crowded around him. Yeah, he probably just wants people to think that he's, you know. I, know. I mean, I know job. why psychologically he is, right. but uh, yeah. it's, it's almost getting like Saturday Night Live's going to totally make fun of that and just try to cram 80 people. Of but, they, but they won't do it in front of a live audience. No. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, well, a couple minutes each. Tell us what you're up to. Russ, what are you up to? What are you reading? What are you listening to? Are you there? Yeah. 
Okay, it sounded like cut out for a second. Um, what am I? I'm not currently. Well, I'm in the middle of a book, but I haven't been reading like I should uh, regularly. But I'm almost done with uh, the coddling of the American mind. That was the most recent book that I've read. All right, all right. You'll have to share um, a link on that so on our page. Okay. Um, well, we uh, started camping again. It's now camping season, so. With the coronavirus, I'm not sure how that's going to go. Although, when you're camping, you're not really like crowded with a bunch of people. No, there was not a whole lot of people out there. Um, uh, back into doing guitar work again. I finished the guitar that I was working on for my sister-in-law, and I got a few other projects in the works for that. Groovy. Um, other than that, probably just going to be working a lot from home in the in the very near future. That's the truth. What about you, Snapper? What are you What are you going to be up I'm to? I'm working from home. I'm self quarantined. I'm eating awesome food. I'm doing a couple personal projects because uh, I like to program because that's what I, I uh, my field is in web development and software development. So I'm doing stuff like that. I'm working with you on our gaming stuff. Yep. Yeah, Shroud of the Avatar, great game. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I've, I've got a full life. Definitely. I'm writing music, uh, reading books. Just finished one called uh, Superstow, S-U-P-E-R-S-T-O-E, uh, our, our men's lit club, uh, which is really just a getting together and drink and talk about books. It's about uh, a group of intellectuals. It was written in 67 who decide to overthrow the American government and it's how they use biological warfare and uh, essentially assassination to work their way up until they control the country, and then they unleash upon us an intellectual utopia. It is obviously a satire and a farce. Uh, it was really kind of weird and creepy in some of the things, but it also encapsulates the mind of the 60s and what they would have thought was how somebody would have taken over the world. Totally wouldn't work today, but uh, definitely worth a lark. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. This is our first inaugural episode of Generation. We are the trio of guys doing it. I'm Jeff. We've got goodbye. Russ. Say goodbye, Russ. Goodbye, Russ. Excellent. Goodbye, Snapper. Snapper. Stop talking over, everybody. You've been listening to an amateur podcast. Had it been a professional podcast, you would have been entertained, enlightened, and generally more satisfied. Tune in again next time for another exciting episode of Generation, the Generation X show, brought to you by Twisted Little Gnome Studios, edited by yours truly, Jeff. See you next time.